Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Some moderate Republicans in Washington are coming under fire for supporting the president's infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill. But how much of that is just noise and a lot of the political chatter and clamor? How much will they really have to worry about disapproval from voters in their own district and especially voters in their own party? We're pleased to have back on the program Jason Perry, who's from the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. Jason, thanks for jumping on today. Well, it's always good to be with you, Boyd. From from your unique perch, you, you get to see a, a lot, both in terms of polling. You also are just involved in so many different conversations where you kind of get a, a feel and a sense of what's happening nationally as well as locally. One of the things that we've been kind of tracking and trying to figure out is as things have moved back in Washington, D.C., uh, of course, with the bipartisan infrastructure bill passing, uh, there's been some backlash from some on the right uh, towards those 13 Republicans who voted with the Democrats uh, to get that passed and on to President Biden's desk. So it'll be interesting to see is there really any there there in terms of those kind of threats to those uh, moderates? And also wanted to see how that plays here locally as well. Jason, from your unique perch, uh, do you think this is just kind of hot air and bluster? Or do you think these uh, moderates in Washington, uh, these centrists, are going to have some challenge going into reelection? Yeah, well, so I, I will say we have two different stories when it comes to whether or not there's any kind of backlash to this. And in some of those parts of the country, some of those moderates are, are facing scrutiny on their boats right now, for sure. And I think that th- this is really just how both sides are going to spin that narrative. Mm. And uh, and they are very divided right now. So uh, w- what we saw in Virginia right there is just an interesting observation you gave there, too. When you start saying, what lessons do we learn? It's all about who can tell the more compelling story about what happened, because there there's – there's opportunity on both sides. I, you know, in, in some of these more moderates you see, uh, you know, other parts of the country, they are going to have to answer for some of those those votes, and the one in particular that you just mentioned. But I'll tell you, in Utah, I, I don't think we're going to have to answer for it all. All of our congressional delegation voted against it. Except Mitt Romney in the Senate voted voted for it. The rest voted against. And, and I really don't think that's going to play out here in the state of Utah because it really wasn't a are you a moderate or not? How do you how do you explain your vote? 
mostly the narrative that's being given right now from our members of our delegation is I wasn't for the spending, but I'm mostly worried about what comes next and and insert the Pelosi concern and the bigger package. And that's what they're going to trade on. And I think it's going to be effective in Utah. Yeah. And so as you look at that and kind of that pivot towards the next round of spending and and it is big and it is a lot uh, and you're you're hearing a lot of uh, pretty sharp words, both from the progressive wing of the uh, Democratic Party and the right wing of the Republican Party. Uh, how do you see that conversation? Are we going to be able to get to any kind of dialogue? I think there are things within the, the president's proposed agenda there uh, that do have some populism appeal to it. Uh, and yet, as part of a $1.7 trillion plus uh, package, uh, it seems like, uh, as, you, as you said, uh, it's who can tell that story better? Yeah, so uh, they'll get into the pieces, but the, the uh, you know, and say, are there some redeeming pieces going forward? But you kind of asked, are we going to kind of get to that to that level of discussion about the policy? I'm not sure we will, uh, particularly you know, in the on the Utah perspective, because I've talked to our members of our delegation about their vote and how they see what's coming forward, and mostly this is we're looking for the. The, the midterm election cycle, and you know, we're all trying to make sure we keep our votes. But I think what we're just going to hear about is this: I voted against this, where our delegation is going to say largely, voted against this package because it's so expensive. But you thought this was expensive? Just wait, what is coming? And I got I have to guard against that as well. You need to send me back there. I'm the one protecting you about this expending because you're getting ready for the holidays. Everything's more expensive. Uh, employment is at a place where many are struggling. This is going to be the narrative, I think, more than the substance of some of those things you just said, Boyd, where you say, well, this is just really good for all of us. I hope we can get to that, but it's really going to be the things I just mentioned. Yeah, and so often it becomes – there was a great quote uh, from uh, Senator Angus King, uh, who's an independent, uh, and he was talking about you know the need to preserve the filibuster. And uh, he said it in a unique way that I, I kind of like. He said, you know, just be careful – uh, because what you call today's obstruction might be tomorrow's shield. And uh, it's interesting to see that kind of bounce back and forth between uh, who's in control of Congress, uh, who's in control in the state. Uh, how do you see that from from your perspective in terms of uh, are we going to have a debate? Is this going to be a Democrats calling Republicans obstructionists and Republicans just calling Democrats as uh, out of control spenders and, and social state? Uh, how's that? Are we going to get to a real argument on that, I guess, is the question. <laughs> I was just I'm listening to your really great question and, and wondering when have when has that not been what we've been hearing? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been a while because those are exactly the, that's exactly the posturing that we are seeing. And uh, when you start looking at uh, you know the, the polling, I'll say, say in Utah, you start looking at how our officials are doing. It, it, it seems to be working just fine, and it's about painting the picture and setting the narrative. On the on the other side of the aisle, and you know, I, even though I'm, I'm I'm sort of giving you my opinion that in, in Utah it's not going to change that much, and mm-hmm. what their vantage point is going to be, but it, it gets back to some ideas that you've been so thoughtful about 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 that thoughtful middle ground, you know, sort of that moderate view of the people who are paying attention to those issues on a nationwide scale. And at some point, you know, as the Republicans are trying to say, well, what 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 can I take from the elections we just had going forward? It's going to be trying to claim that middle ground uh, to some extent. We saw in Virginia sort of that, that middle ground. We saw the suburbs coming and showing up. Those particular voting blocks do care about the substance of these issues. It's more about who's Who's a spendthrift? Who's an obstructionist? A little more about 
uh, my family has to eat, you know, and, yeah. and who is the right person to do that. And I think I, th- I always hope that we get to that. Yeah. I, I want to get your perspective on this, uh, Jason. You know, a lot of people say, OK, the president got a win. Uh, he, he definitely got a legislative win in getting that uh, across the finish line on the bipartisan infrastructure bill. The question is, can he parlay that into any kind of, of forward movement? Uh, and as you look at where we're heading into the holidays uh, with some of the supply chain challenges, uh, the administration itself has been very uh, open about the fact that uh, fuel prices, heating prices are going to go up. People are going to feel that. Uh, and so some of those headwinds seem to be strong uh, rolling into some of this. Of course, we still have a debt ceiling and a government to fund and a few other things that need to all be done before the holidays. Uh, do you think this becomes a, a parlay moment for the president or does this become uh, more politics as usual and kind of a bogged down moment? Yeah, so I, I think this is a, hey, uh, we, we got a victory here. It came at a cost. It wasn't the full package. And sadly, uh, particularly thinking about the list that you just laid out, I think for this administration, it's on. It's uh, OK, on to the next because I have to get on to the next um, so I, I'm not really seeing what just happened as being some big moment where you can parlay that into, look, my whole agenda is, is, is primed and ready to go. This one came at a cost, and it came at a huge cost to, his, to the president's popularity, too, not just in Utah, but across the country. You start really seeing his popularity is plummeting, and th- this – I, I think this was a, a, a step that he, he really needed to get. It wasn't the full step that the president was hoping to get from Congress. He's still hoping for a little more. But the issues that he still has to face before before the holidays, before the Christmas holidays, are significant. Uh, I, I don't think he just set him up himself up to say those are easier now because of what just happened. I think they're just as hard as they were before. Yeah, and I'm going to squeeze in one last question for you, Jason. Uh, we, we noted on the program yesterday that since 1992 – uh, every midterm election cycle, the uh, the control of, of Congress has flipped, uh, with the exception of uh, nine, after 9-11. Uh, there was one time where it remained the same. Uh, and so it seems to me that regardless of political party, they, they seem to be misreading the audience of the American people with these big, sweeping, we have a mandate. Uh, and the American people just seem to keep saying, not really. Well, well that is so true. I mean, the pendulum swings. You know, and the problem is it swings and you've got a little period of time there right after the election where it's just kind of just hovering just to the right or just to the left. And then some of these actions just come where you sort of misread where the public is. We have the extremes for sure. Boy, you are one of the great minds on this particular issue. But where America is, where Utah is, is more of that center left, center right. Uh, that is where you, you get to uh, to last in your positions. If both of these parties, either one of them, say, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend my time really where the population is and those center to the right and center to the left, we wouldn't see the pendulum swing so far. But, you, but it's just what, what, what you say in politics. Is I've got a, like a two-year window. I've got this election coming up. I've got to go all in. I've got to get these people. I feel like I have been told what I need to do. So I go so far in that the pendulum goes all the way to the extreme, and then you've lost it to, to the next cycle. Of course, the pendulum comes back because the other side will do that as well. <laughs> That's right. Uh, great insight as always. Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah. Jason, always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Thank you, Boyd, as always. Some people are angry with the redistricting maps the legislature passed today. There's a lot more under the cover of that in terms of why and how. LeVar Webb has a fascinating piece as to why the legislature may have done what they did. It might surprise you. Stick around. Find out what that's all about coming up next. I really know. 
two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.